0: With 100 delicious healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com. Grab your copy of the Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold.
2: Welcome back, Redheads. We are back with the Redheads Book Club, yet this time we're back and better than ever because we have our very First episode with the author Claudia Ashray, girl with no job. Welcome to the show. I am honored
1: and both frightened to be here. <laughs> And I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I know you are booked
2: and busy. We are so booked, Booked, first of all. We are so excited to have our first author here. Thank you for writing a book and making it a fabulous one at that. Yes, I did do it for you. I mean, you know, where there is a book, there is a redhead. So true. And we've got the other girls here tonight. Hey, girls, how y'all doing? Hey, 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 hey. Woohoo! Have you ever listened to a redhead episode? Of Of course. (laughs) She just—you said it in your lying voice. Go fuck yourself. I have the Which first one. <laughs> I okay. was about to say since the first episode. No. Okay. Well, it, well I don't.
1: It, I. I don't think you've uh, done an episode on any of the books that I've read. Got it. Okay. Well, it's never too late to become a redhead. No, it's really not, and I'm thinking about it. And you chose today. But I read, like, so many books on vacation. Did you do an episode on any of those? Luckiest Girl Alive? That's
0: not no. What we here. We no, but we probably No, but could.
1: we did... Wow! We did
2: nothing to see here. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I actually loved that
0: book. Yeah, you So was,
1: bizarre.
0: Uh-huh. And I actually stopped halfway. Okay, you know what's so funny about that book is I feel like you described yourself in your own book as a little nut job and yeah. I feel like the little girl in that book was a little you know, nut job, a little ball of fire like <laughs> was me oh my god that's
1: you it was a metaphor <laughs> yeah and I I stopped and then I started another book and I couldn't stop thinking about the fiery kids <laughs> and I'm like I gotta go back and I kid you not like when that other kid on tv like burst into flames like I shit it was such a good book so good I'm
3: glad you gave it a second
1: chance and it was short like my book is 240 pages I think that
0: I love short books Love short books, could not agree more. Love the length of your book, Claude. Speaking
2: of length, Margot also made me read American Royals. Mm, that's not something we discussed. On the, the longest show.
1: book of all
2: time, and not only
1: long, terrible.
2: Yeah.
0: Never read it.
1: Maybe I'll give Kat Marnell another chance. I've been thinking about getting back into it. I was halfway through. Um, she's just like a little crazy. Like,
3: you asked for a fabulous, crazy life. You gave me exactly what I asked for
1: mm, when yeah. I asked Dana for a recommendation.
3: For sure.
2: So I think this is the most people that's ever been on a podcast. Agreed. At least one that I participated in. Five girls, four mics. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Anything could... Ooh, 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 It's funny. We like never sing on the Redheads. But oh, because but here, I, here. I am. Lonnie's
3: on for one minute.
0: <laughs> also, this is, a, this is a group of people who talk a lot. Like it's about to get interesting for mic time. Yeah, it is. I'm um, going to do my absolute best
2: yeah no I think once we get into the outline we'll have structure but before we do we need to wish Dana a happy birthday yes day 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 to ya happy birthday to ya
1: happy birthday we just sounded so good
0: (laughs) we did because I didn't join in
1: stunning stunning we're going
0: from redheads book club
1: to girl band yeah no to redheads choir
2: (laughs) Redheads Choir. The Traveling Choir.
1: That's us. There's a book about
2: everything here. We're more like Jackie
1: and the Pussycats dolls,
2: you know? Oh my God, I love it. We actually are. Love it. We'll rebrand. So let's get into this book. We read Girl With No Job, The Crazy, Beautiful Life of an Instagram Thirst Monster by Claudia Ashray. We are joined by by Claudia Ashray, We kick off every episode of The Redheads with a quick summary of the book for anyone who didn't read it and just loves our beautiful voices and opinions. Right of course of course. So this book is your memoir up until this point. My story. It's your story. It's about your childhood, your high school, college, and post-grad years and it is a lot about your rise to stardom, your fall, and then your rise again. Yes ma'am. So, if you follow Claudia, she has the Instagram account, Girl With No Job, where she is just for a comedian. Yeah. She posts humor content.
1: I do. I'm a humorous gal.
2: She has parlayed that comedy content into a national comedy tour and a fabulous podcast called Morning Toast. And
1: a podcast network.
2: And a podcast network called TNN, which we are all here so grateful to be a part of. 100%. So, if you're listening to this episode, you know who Claudia is, and that's what the book's about: how she got to where she is today, January twenty seventh, twenty twenty one.
1: Exactly, the thirst monster star fucker that I am, just exploiting every celebrity I've ever met, ever met in the book.
2: Yes, but now that we're reading it, it's like the thirst monster star fucker that you are. That's like a little insecure about it. You
1: know Hundred percent. I mean? Yeah, so it's just
2: like you only see the ultimate outcome of like right. you being thirsty, but it's like what goes through your mind on your way to the, the water fountain to drink. Right. It's really interesting. <laughs> the
1: inner. The workings of a thirst monster's mind are very <laughs> complex
2: and I think they're all different I think some people are equally thirsty inside and out and I think like you know it's kind of like confidence fake it till you make it like yeah. you're on the outside you're being super thirsty but on the inside you're having a lot of doubts
1: no the most ever
2: right so Too
1: self-aware for my own good
2: in this book we really get to see all of those things that you're always sorting trying to balance right so now we go into our overall thoughts on the book did we like it Did we not like it? What were our favorite parts? I just have to say, like, if any of you
1: didn't like it, like, you could tell me. I mean, I would cry, but you could tell me. We would never
0: tell you. (laughs) Uh, But see,
1: like, I want people, like, of course, like, I've been getting so many rave reviews and, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I am Shakespeare. Like, by, (laughs) by the amount that people are loving my book. And, of course, like, there are people who are hating my book. Like, I've read their reviews on Goodreads. But I'm really not taking it personally because... Those people didn't even read the book, first of all. They posted reviews a month ago. The book came out two days ago. Um, But I saw someone say something really profound that was like, it's hard to review memoirs because you attach your uh, thoughts on the person to the thoughts on the book. And you can hate me, but I don't think you could say my book is bad, but you just hate me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I'm actually coping with that relatively well. Like the, the idea that someone might not like it. I
2: saw on someone's Instagram story they really liked the book and they didn't assign a rating to it because she was like, I don't rate memoirs. It's not my place to rate someone else's story. No, like it's that. so profound. But yeah. if, if, she, if she did want to rate it, she could give it five stars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the only acceptable rating. <laughs> Goodreads doesn't accept <laughs> yeah. your new
4: ratings for <laughs> memoirs. <laughs>
2: Okay, so obviously we all love the book. I'll go first on my initial thoughts. I read the book back in June and it surprised and delighted because I thought I knew everything about you. And while I do, like I still found ways to be surprised or find things out about you that I didn't already know. I read a lot of books from influencer celebrities that are, you know, memoirs, pop culture, just like great little nuggets Mm -hmm. of celebrity. And so as a fan of pop culture, this book was everything that I would have wanted from it and more. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm.
1: Like when you think of the category, like influencer. Podcaster or books like do you think of it fondly
2: I do I spe- it, would ha- it would have to be someone who I care about you right. know and I feel like I've read a handful of books there's not so many in like the influencer podcast no, but like when I think of my favorite genre of book has always been celebrity memoir like we read Jessica Simpson's book yep. this year and like I've always liked her enough I never really thought much about her but now ever since her book like my opinion on so many things including her has changed yeah. so as a- someone who is a fan of yours obviously like I participate in all of your content, and I know so much about you, like, I felt like the book was a great representation of you, but also, like, I, in zooming out and taking myself out of the equation as your sister, I'm just like, oh, this is just a good fun. book, juicy, pop culture, like, nugget-filled right. journey. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
4: I wish that I read the book not knowing you. Know. Right. Like not being part of the family, like, reading by myself, that was fun. <laughs> um, no, I mean, the same, same as Jackie, it's like, we know you, like, so well, like, I don't know, like, are. Right. Yeah. And it's like, now you do. And I've always said to Jackie because I was the reader first. That oh my God. Yeah,
2: she hasn't let me forget it. i we go ahead. about reading is that, like, on a show, you
4: don't know what's going Right. Like, you're reading, like, you do. And so I thought that was, like, the most interesting to like, know what you were thinking, like, in each, like, pivotal moment of your life. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's so
1: personal. It's, like, embarrassing.
4: It's so fucking
1: it's like fully writing a diary and then just like putting it out yeah, for like, everyone. That was yeah. the craziest
4: thing you could have possibly done. No, I know. Yeah. Like, that was your diary. And you're like, seven & you
1: want it? No, yeah. it, it's so brave of me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's paying off. Like, I'm, I So
0: far, I'm not like cringing or like embarrassed by anything I put out you there. You know,
2: you got to take big risks to get big rewards.
0: I yeah. never even thought of how brave it actually is. Do you think this is the bravest thing you've put out?
2: Ooh. Put
0: out? A hundred percent.
2: Bravest thing you've done? Um. No, that third show at Caroline's. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, Also, just like being a chubby person, I'm just brave all the time, you know? (laughs) Like, people, I leave my house and they're like, wow, she's so brave.
3: I found the book so disorienting to read because I was like... Constantly switching between two modes. One, oh, I'm reading about a friend. I remember this. I was there. Right. Two, oh, I'm reading about a celebrity. This is juicy. Right. And when I had to like reconcile those two different people, it was so difficult for me because I didn't know like which perspective I should be adopting at any given point. And it was a nice experience that I'll never get again because true. I don't have any other friends that are celebrities that are publishing books. I'm sorry to have done that to you, to, <laughs> to have disoriented you. No, but
2: for Dana, to, who's such an avid reader, to have right. a completely fresh experience That's
0: reading true. a book. is so Such a unique fresh. experience. Fresh, fresh. Especially in quarantine, when we just totally admire new sensations, right? Yes, we do that. Yes. We do. And you also had a third element of reading, which was as a objective redhead.
3: Yes, right. as a professional podcaster, <laughs> professional. redhead, absolutely. The old, the one thing I did keep thinking about the whole time was like, I cannot believe you had to write that in quarantine when emotions were running so high. Everyone yeah. was depressed. Now you're supposed to reflect on all the lowest moments of your life. When like, I'm experiencing I'm for... the lowest. <laughs> no wonder you had a mental breakdown yeah. in COVID. <laughs> no, and honestly, like it was good
1: because I'm a procrastinator. Like if I had a deadline, like I never would have met it. But because I was home, like it forced me to do
4: you're it. Yeah.
1: Ever. Like, I would have had to return my advance. Like, yeah. I would not have submitted it. So it was really helpful for that. But I was in, like, a really, to- I think everyone was. Like, such a toxic headspace. Like, hating everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. And I tried, um, um we joke on the toast, like, I'm always, like, negative. But that's, like, my com- my brand of comedy. Like, I make fun of things. And I just didn't want to be negative. Like, yeah you know? And but- you definitely weren't. Okay, good. Yeah, Mission accomplished. But like feel
2: when you're feeling like that toxicity and we say how this book is kind of like a diary entry for you, like maybe you were journaling. Do you have any yes. respect for journaling? I said
1: something very controversial years ago on The Toast um, about journaling. And that's just, and honestly, I feel like it's so reflective of the whole book. Like I'm constantly saying things and then changing my mind mm-hmm. years later. And I think journaling is so healthy. Like if I had the, what's the word? like
2: The discipline. Thank you. She, do you
0: yes, see that? We <laughs> do it all here
1: at the Redheads Book Club. If I had the discipline to diary every day, I think it would be great for my mental health. But what like my, my hands, that would be great for your
0: physical oh, health. What?
1: <laughs> she she didn't you? sound like that. I, it, like they're the same word. Of course, yeah. No, but if I did have diarrhea every day, it would be awesome. <laughs> yes.
0: That <would> be amazing. <laughs> amazing. Um, um, I'd like to give my thoughts on the book. You oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I fucking loved it. Thank you. But you know I loved it. And it. What was. Interesting for me is I was expecting it to just be story after story after story after story, and there was so much inner monologue, and I really got a lot of advice segments from you. Like, I took dating advice from you. Wow. She's an
2: expert. One date. One
0: date. At the end, you're like, and by the way, don't take this advice, (laughs) which is so funny. I highlighted it. I read it out loud to my friends. I was like, you guys, this hits home, and at the end, I was like, and by the way, ignore this.
1: I can't decide if I'm like the world's most incredible dater or
2: so lucky. Yeah. I think it's well, the latter
0: I think it's the first
2: Oh thank You're you are a one date wonder One date wonder That's what they call me Back in the day Okay I'm curious For all the girls In Claude Two. What was everyone's Favorite chapter to read Because each chapter Sort of had a different theme You know the first two explore your childhood And grief mm-hmm. I think chapter four Is a big popular one For people where you Talk about body image Yeah Chapter eight is the one On cancel culture There's just a lot of Different themes throughout So I just want to know Which one did you guys Enjoy the most
4: Chapter one for me Just because like I yeah. And it just like, it's also just stuff that we never talk about. So yeah. Like, reading about it and being like, oh my God, like this is actually in the world was kind of crazy. So definitely that
0: one. Yeah, I, I feel that. Chapter one made me laugh so hard. I was just reading notes and I couldn't keep reading them because I was laughing and I was like, oh, we're on audio. Like, I do Wait, not. What want... part was funny? Oh.
1: Oh, you think yeah. you think the death of our father <laughs> is oh, <I'm> sorry.
0: funny <laughs> no i'm totally kidding oh i was i was looking at the introduction oh, okay that's what uh, i, figured. I think. Oh. the introduction can actually be um uh, a can. favorite part but i i was just looking at the introduction and it made me laugh so hard
1: and i actually wrote the inter- introduction last
2: it
0: was um, your strongest chapter
1: really
2: oh that's so interesting because i remember when you sent us the draft i thought it was the weakest one yep. and i think you like read the whole Jackie, thing. I sent it
4: to her. I mean, like,
2: the introduction is pretty much just like a summary
4: of the whole book. Like,
1: Fantastical Delusions.
4: Yeah. Did you not read it? I just it? said chapter I, I, one. I mean, I started from the definition <laughs> page. Then you read
1: the introduction. Then you read the intro. Okay. Um, it was I wrote it last and I sent it to Jackie and I was just like fuck I was like fatigued mm-hmm. and I'm like I got it out like I think it's good and she was like it's terrible and I started fresh
2: because I read the the introduction and then the rest of the book and I was like the re- the introduction is not a reflection of how good right. this book is like try again try and, again and you nailed it and you were totally right and like I knew
1: sending it to her I'm like I just need her to tell me it's bad because like I know it's <laughs> terrible
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite chapter was surprisingly chapter eight on the cancellation. The whole time I was reading the book, I was like dreading getting there because I I was like PTSD. I I don't want to go through this again, but I actually found it to be like very cathartic to like read it in a holistic way from, you know, as just part of the story, Mm -hmm. not just like this. Thing. And I also th- found that it was like interesting and full of tea. Like, if I were a reader that wasn't your sister, I'd be like, oh my God, wait, so then they found out, and then what did they do? Right. Who did they text? Who dropped them next? Like, yes. I just thought it was but, really right, interesting. And
3: Jackie got engaged <laughs> the same day. Oh, right. 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 And they went to Utah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and like, honestly, I was really struggling because cancel culture is just like whether I like it or not like a part of my life and I kept submitting like drafts and there's like a bunch of rounds you get edits and I just kept having things to add I would like wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like you know what I feel this way now and I would just Mm -hmm. add and add and I'm like we gotta get this book published because if we don't chapter eight will go on forever yeah I I could talk
0: endlessly chapter eight was really impactful profound and that's it definitely you hit so many points and I was like I felt like Cancel culture, when it happened to you guys, wasn't as much of a thing. Like, I felt like, yes, the first through the wall is the bloodiest. Yes. Yes. You guys were, like, made an example of. And now, I think if it happened, it would have gone differently. And it makes me upset that it happened when it did. The time wasn't on our side. no, No. And hearing all of your perspective of, like, how you were given guidance to, like, stay quiet. Right. Lay low. And you were, like, that's not authentic to me. And I'm going to, in fact, like, just outright apologize, I did something wrong and I want to own up to it. Like that's like what you learn in human, kindergarten. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. And it was, it made so much sense. It was so raw and even seeing you transcribe your video, I was transported back to that moment that, seeing uh, that you, video. You, I. <laughs> I, I, I put it, I did, it wasn't in there. And one of the notes from my editor was like, you
1: should transcribe the video, like put a couple lines. And so I'm like, I have to go watch it. <laughs> and I, I think I actually asked Jackie, I'm like, can you please transcribe this for me? I cannot watch it. And she was like, you can't watch it. I can't watch it. <laughs> So I can't watch I literally it, no. didn't I didn't respond to the email and then like she followed up again. She's like, just checking back in on this. I'm like, Okay, yeah, sure, Natasha, I'll do it. I I just like it was so, so painful. Like, especially scroll she doesn't realize how painful it is. She's no, like, of course um, not. I mean she's like, Yeah. Do check this? But off she your was to right do and that's
2: why she's an editor and I'm not. Right. Totally. Okay, let's get into our questions for the author, all the girls have put together some of their personal questions for you, and then we will get into the redheads' questions. Okay. So first, from me, when you set out to write this book, sat down, pen to paper, Mm -hmm. what did you hope to accomplish with it? Well, the
1: book proposal was, like, supposed to be very kitschy. Is that the right word? Tongue in cheek. Okay. Like, how to be a girl with no job and be successful, business, funny, celebrity. And I started writing, and, like, the way it – I just – my instinct was to take it to something more autobiographical and more vulnerable. And every time I would start writing like a silly chapter, it just became, I was hesitant to call it a memoir because I'm only 26. But then once it started to like, I changed the outline, I'm like, no, this is fully a memoir. There's enough here for a book. And... What it ended up, up with is not the book that I sold to, like, in my proposal, and it was completely different, but I'm so much happier with, what was the question? <laughs> what did you hope <laughs> to accomplish? Oh, so, and then in doing that, I mean, I'm, and I talk about in the book, like, how unrealistic my expectations are of my career, and, like, how I just want everyone to love me. And knowing that there are so many of these people who, like, wake up every day, and it's like, hmm, what should I do to Claudia today? Like, <laughs> it's, like, their full-time job. <laughs> knowing that there are so many people, you know, part of me in my unrealistic way is like, I'm going to change hearts and minds. And I know it's so unrealistic, but that I would be lying if I said like a huge motivation for me was not, you know, wanting people to love me.
2: Yeah. Or at least understand. Yes.
1: And then the other part is just telling my side
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: there've been stuff written about us so frequently. And I think for a while we, depending on the situation, I think my Strategy is usually not to respond because it's just so intricate. Like, I literally cannot explain. And so, a book is a perfect place for that where I can be thoughtful and write Take your th- time to think say what before you before I speak, which yeah. is a new thing I'm experiencing. And that was really one of the huge goals. Like, put it out there. Like, people that have so many, so many questions for me, like, can you respond to this? Now it's officially out there forever in perpetuity and you can go
4: read it. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. I have a question. Yeah. When you're writing your book, like, do you, do you do you or did you like? Were you
1: nervous about naming all these celebrities? Like, are you scared that Robert Pattinson's gonna be in my house? Hundred percent. Okay, hundred <laughs> percent. I have such a pit. Also, because there are a couple friends that people, celebrities that like, I actually would consider a friend. But for the most part, like when I get to fabulous places, like I'm always someone's plus one. So it's like this girl who wasn't even invited is like exposing us in her book. Like, who is this girl? Who let her in? Yeah. And so that's the part I had a pit about. Like, I felt bad, and I didn't tell. Like, I have a couple friends who, like, when I when I see them, like, I know I'm gonna see celebrities. I didn't really like tell them that I was like exposing them. And I'm just waiting for a phone call like from Nicole Richie or um, Jonathan Chabon will be pleased to be in the book, and I didn't need to run it by him. And
2: you make him give a glowing review that was such a great moment I
1: I love him like I know people say so many nasty things about him and I've
0: just never had a moment experience with him where he wasn't so unbelievably kind no I feel indebted to him for the moment that he like pulled you out of your dark place and you know what he wasn't even trying no yeah but you so lovely but that's like the weird thing about life it's like the these moments happen and you don't expect them to affect you. you and yeah. all of a sudden you're like oh well that changed my I life." i also feel
2: like on the flip side it's like you never know how what you say to someone is gonna imp- like make the biggest difference to mm-hmm. that and that I mean.
0: you also mentioned that when it came to your dad's death and the yeah. message that you got from that girl and who then, i heard from literally this morning <gasps> okay.
1: so my friend sophie from high school is a toaster and i'm always talking to her and she texted me and she was like, Oh my God, Deb saw and I've been trying to find Deborah on Instagram forever, but she got married and like, I just couldn't find her name. And she was like, Deb saw the book. She was like so overwhelmed. And I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. Then I'm scrolling through my DMs and I saw Deborah. And she just wrote me such a lovely message. And she had no idea like when she was sending that message that like it would stick with me. And I think she was just really shook by it. And it was so fabulous to hear from her.
4: Oh Yeah. Like no. The Ethan part. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I was like, like crying didn't at that, know, that part. Like, what he did for
1: us. But we've told him so many times like <laughs> every I know. Yeah. <laughs> every time I get drunk and I'm like, and what you did
0: for our family. Like, <laughs> I, we will never forget. I'm a crier. like Is that the one whose FaceTime went off at your wedding? Yes. His hit and But uh, like if it
1: kept... were anyone else, I would have slaughtered them.
4: Right. But for him I'm like no Ethan, pick it up. Listen.
1: <laughs> you got a date? But also wait to piggyback off of what you just said, Jonathan Chabon, like reaching out. Now when people I know or are friendly with are going through like a public, you know, cancellation or whatever, everyone goes through their own bullshit. I always text them. Even if I think they're wrong. I know they're not bad people. And maybe I won't like go, you know, publicly defending them. But it's a personal thing. Like everyone, when you go through something so public, everyone's like, your business or your Instagram followers, but people don't think about like the mental health of it all. It's very triggering. So I'm always texting people like, are you okay? Like I've been through worse. Keep your head up. You're going to be fine. Yeah. That's really nice. Because it's very comforting to hear from someone who's been through it way worse than you. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's just like, you're not a leper just because something went awry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but it am- feels that way, but it can feel that way unless people confirm Reach that they support you. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you, Claudia. Yes, ma'am. Now that the book is out and you're getting real live reader feedback, is it different than you anticipated? Like, Are certain chapters resonating with readers in a way you did not expect? And are other chapters that you did expect to land with readers not getting the attention that you thought they would?
1: Yes. So I thought that everyone would like be living for four and eight, body image and cancel culture. Never occurred to me that chapter one would be like the star of the book. And maybe it's just because it's the first thing people read so they like message me the second they start reading, but you don't you don't think about it, but so many people deal with grief, especially the loss of a parent, and it's been very moving like for to I didn't think people would relate to it because it's like my story, but I guess just talking about grief like holistically, I don't know if that's the right word, um like from a at a glance is comforting for people. So I did not think that that would be like the hero of the book, but that's the
3: feedback that I'm getting. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I have a question for you and the snitch. You mentioned how Margot made this huge sacrifice in coming with you on tour, which was a very moving part of the book, but I was wondering if you felt that way about it. Do you view it with what you did as a huge sacrifice? I
4: think
3: so. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a hero.
4: (laughs) Like, I don't see it as like a sacrifice, but like I definitely like was like you like, knew you like, were social life for like a
1: couple of years a mm-hmm. year and a half. And you knew what you were like doing, like you were helping. Yeah, no no no,
4: I knew I wasn't just like getting on a plane.
1: Yeah, you plane weren't like like, like, like like freeloading, like you no, were I
4: mean, I was fucking
1: working yeah, ass off.
4: Right. But no, I don't see it as like a sacrifice and like I and I do it again, but um yeah no.
1: No, okay. I think you knew what you were doing, and that made you want to do it. Like yeah. you wanted to help. You he wanted and... to
2: be helpful. But it was also like a fun experience, yeah. but it wasn't like all, you know, it wasn't work, like, work, work. Like your
3: dream job. I admire your adaptability the most. Was my takeaway from the book specifically okay. when you had to move to New York City and start over? How positive you were about that. If that was me, I hate change. I, I would lose my mind. No, I know. Do you think that kind of ability to adjust played a role in obtaining fame and getting as far as you have? I mean we we went to two
1: schools, three camps. Like we just even though we've always been like in New York, we just like moved around a lot. Like Yeah. I went to three states.
2: schools, two camps.
1: Right. And it's so one hard.
2: team. Me, like, much one teen tour. Oh god. That for a week. That broke me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I even know that it broke you and it I don't did. even I didn't know you then. That. <laughs> that was yeah. traumatizing. Whenever,
2: like anyone when I can be 90 years old and someone will be like you're at the end of your life. Do you have any regrets? And I will say, Sulam 20. 20,
1: 2009. That's so. I've never been on a teen tour. Yeah, that yeah. that teen tour. I could have told you that was not for you. Yeah, well, no um, one did. No one did. But in terms of adaptability, yes. Like it's literally the hardest thing in the world trying to make new friends. Like being the new girl is the fucking. Worse, no matter how you slice it, you're never gonna be like everyone thinks I'm so beautiful. Like that's what you hope. Like all the boys are gonna love me and all the girls are gonna want to be friends with me. That's never how it works. Like you're the new kid for at least a year and it's painful. It is. Um. So having that sort of experience under my belt, I don't know if it necessarily like helped. You know the the success of my business, but it definitely gave me like an an armor, like a shell. Because if you can experience being the new kid, you can do anything.
2: Yeah. You know what I just realized? I think that's why we both loved Luckiest Girl Alive so much because it. Yeah school experience she's the new kid and even the way she talked about being the new kid and she was pretty popular off the bat but like there was one other new kid and like they were just the new kids and by the way I was shook by that because when I, this is
1: such a funny story, and I remembered it a few weeks ago, I'm like, I wish I put this in the book. When I was in the eighth grade, we had just switched schools and I was a new girl, and there was another new kid, and he was so cute, he was an Israeli exchange student, and he was so handsome. And I had a crush on him, and I found out that he had a crush on me. And I was like, shook about it, because he was so cute, and I like, didn't have a lot of self-confidence. And somebody, I remember this girl, Sarah, she was like, oh my, that's so cute. Like the new kids being together. Never spoke to him again. <laughs> Ever. The fact that I was categorized, I was like, yeah. we're gonna be the new couple? <laughs> Kill me, I'm out of here. Oh my God. I never, because we were passing notes and she was like, it's so cute. Like the new kids. I'm like, goodbye.
2: <laughs> that's so funny. I remember when I transferred, there was one other girl who transferred too. And she seemed like perfectly nice, but we like would never be caught dead next <laughs> to each other. No, because then true. we both look
1: even more yeah. new. <laughs> the newness duplicates. You're right. <laughs> oh my god! I, and I was just—I was so angry that I just—that memory just came to me because it was so funny and it was a real testament to how much I loathed being regarded as
0: new.
2: No, a hundred percent. But that's what we do here at the Redheads. We uncover. Un, we unshake
0: memories. We yeah, I love. it. Yes. <laughs> we share. Trigger. I loved hearing your voice through the writing. And it's, I think everybody can hear your voice because you're so public and like we just know how you talk. And we're also friends, so like I know how you talk. And it was just comforting. It made me laugh so hard because I was like, this is actually her. Yeah. And honestly,
1: I totally like copied that style from Andy Cohen. I'm obsessed with him, like, know everything about him. I thought his books were sensational. So good. And one of the book proposals that I've had over the years was like, Very, he did like the Andy Cullen diaries. I'm like, I want to journal every day. And they were like, you can't copy someone else's book format. But um, I loved how I'm like, I can hear Andy at, at, and I wanted that for myself so badly. And I was like, if this doesn't sound like me, I'm not putting it out. Mm -hmm. And that was like, one of the things that, like, I take pride in the most, like, was the tone of the book. Mazel tov, you you succeeded. Thank you.
2: One theme that's omnipresent in the book is popularity. When you're a young girl in school, you want to be popular to being an adult whose popularity now equals fame. Having successfully, I think we can say you, have successfully achieved popularity. Wow, thank you. Is it all it's cracked up to be? No. I mean, I feel like every day
1: is truly just, like, highs and lows. Like, even yesterday with the book launch like it was so much high and then i'm like oh my god i didn't get a new message like everyone hates me it's so much mental fuckery and i don't know if that's because of becoming popular or just because like i'm insane
2: yeah well i think any time you have an emotional high like in a, in an and a general in rush there is You're No, but even if nothing else happens, like, you have to come down from it, and that's a come
1: down. But the thing is, is that, like, of course, on the day of the book launch, like, that's common, but that happens to me on a Tuesday. Like, it's, my, my, every day I wake up, and I'm like, let's just ride the wave of highs and lows.
2: Yeah. Well, so popularity is a big theme in the book as are movies and it's clear that that's where you got your idea of popularity yeah it's clear from reading the book that movies shaped a lot of who you are and what you expected life to be like Mm -hmm. now being an adult what about life do you think movies get right and what parts do you think that movies misrepresented uh movies
1: misrepresent all of life
2: (laughs) Um, and now, like, in 2020, like, the movies that
1: the, and TV shows that the kids now are growing up on, we'll set them up for success. Like, it's much more realistic. With the movies we used to watch, like, we're just so not ever going to happen. And the TV shows, and that's, like, the conversation we had on the toast, like, about High School Musical, the musical, the series. Like, how... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Too. Kids these days, like, are just going to grow up, like, with totally different expectations of, like, high school. And it's... And there's still, like, crazy high school bullying. But it's becoming a m- safer... Yeah. Space, um, so I think
2: movies really get everything wrong, but at the same time, that's why we love them. Exactly. But also, it's like okay, they get everything wrong, but they also shape so much of who we are. So it's like our expectation, like our, we're yes. set up
1: to fail. A hundred percent, especially when you're the type of person like me who is so influenced by TV and, and movies. I don't know if everyone, yeah. Every- a lot of people I would say I would say most people.
2: I think that actually I think that us growing up, we were so into movies and TV, and I think that we were more influenced by them than any other people. Yeah,
3: a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred (laughs) percent. I have just one more question for you. How could you forget to leave Joan Rivers
1: out of your book? I know. You know who I also left out? Theo.
0: Oh my God! Well, he's on the back. I know.
1: The thing is it's like I just kept waiting for him to like pop up and be relevant when I was writing and it's just so irrelevant. (laughs) And it never came up.
0: He wasn't mentioned once. Not once. Not a single time. So crazy. It's
1: disgusting. Wow. (laughs)
0: Disgraceful.
2: And what's even more disgraceful is I didn't even realize until right now. No,
1: I I was waiting for someone to bring it up. Wow. That's why I was scared to come here. (laughs) Expose me for the deadbeat mom that I am.
2: LOL. Okay, now we're going to take redhead questions. We got so many questions for you guys. We got some duplicates, so I batched them all together as well as possible, and hope we can get to the heart of all of your burning questions. Okay. The question that we got the most is, is there anyone in particular that you are nervous or cringing at the thought of them reading this book?
1: yes of course i mean even if i wrote positive things about them like i have a pit about it but of course my freshman year roommate i she's not not reading well she's probably writing about
2: about you in her book yes
1: (laughs) um that girl for sure also um actually heard from someone today in uh, in the chapter on Ben, you know Ben was brought to this party that we met at to be set up with some girl. Her name is, I said in the book, Yaël. Yaël put it, a picture of it on her Instagram story. and was like, "Thanks for the shout out, girl with no job." I don't know if she was like being like bitchy. She I think she
4: wrote "so." Yeah, shout she out. Wrote, like, shout out.
1: I know. I think she meant it nicely. Mm. One of my friends sent it to me. And like her, we don't have any bad blood. And I think she probably thought, I mean, I I think it was flattering. Like I I didn't say anything bad.
0: You didn't say anything bad. No, but I mean, at the end of the day, you walked away with a husband. Right. And at
1: the end of the day, you snooze, you lose, Yael. A (laughs) hundred percent. So just like anyone I wrote about that I didn't give a heads up to. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, not everyone is a thirst monster. Like some people don't want to be included in a book. Like, so I guess I like should have asked for permission, but I was just not in the mood to have those hard conversations. Yeah.
2: It just changed their name instead.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which I did for most people, but yeah, L was too good. How did you decide if you were going to change a name or not? I had a call um, with a lawyer from my publisher, which is like standard, and they go through the book, they read it, and they tag certain things, so certain like venues, certain people, certain cities. They make you change details just so that like ever you know in a court of law you couldn't be liable. They couldn't be liable.
3: Just like Alicia.
1: (laughs) What Alicia Alicia. (laughs) Alicia.
3: I read oh my it God, as Alicia. You I did? You- I read it as
4: Alicia.
3: <laughs> this bitch has no memory. Her name is
4: Alicia. <laughs> but, like, written like that, I see that and
2: I think LGBT. Stuff. No, but. Oh, interesting. Yesterday, Dana was telling you how she thought that your friend Alicia decided she didn't want to be mentioned in the book because she didn't know it was spelled like Alicia.
1: Got it. I don't remember having that conversation. Yesterday was a crazy day. <laughs> that is yes. so funny.
2: Were you nervous for Ben's family to read the book? Were there any details about your relationship with Ben that you thought might make them uncomfortable? No, it was super, PG-13. super like, PG thirteen. That, like, super PG. That's like
4: the ideal relationship. Right.
2: A hundred percent. And all you said was like making out, and then you lost your virginity to him, which are like both lovely, down. lovely. Right. Yeah. No, but like those are lovely. Th- that's PG thirteen. Yeah, but they were in my mind. Like they're super supportive, and were like they I, laughing
1: at the chef part when you didn't want to eat any of the food. Yes, I mean, I asked Ben's mom read it first, and she was like. Mentioning things and you know her, she's a Jewish mother who's in love with her son. So she was like, and then when you wrote this about Ben and this about Ben, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Bruce, Ben's dad, read it and he was like, I am moved to tears by the cancellation chapter. Like you're so strong. Aww. So they're so supportive. So like they were definitely in my mind. I mean, I don't, I never really say anything like that crazy or like sexual. Yeah, not That's like not my brand. Bridgerton, right? <laughs> so I wasn't that worried, but they were a uh, just in my mind.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. You
1: guys too, like people like I care about.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Question for Jackie and Margo. Was there anything you didn't know about Claudia prior to reading it in the book?
4: No, there was I, I learned new things about me. Oh, with chapter one about my bat mitzvah. Yeah, um, I didn't know. I didn't know any of
2: that. Yeah, like, like what? Everyone was like, what pulling, went into it? Pulling in their yeah, weight well, for you. Sure it was like the greatest
4: night of my life. Time there.
1: Was it the greatest night of your life? I think so mission accomplished yeah.
2: yeah I remember it fondly I feel like there wasn't anything like information that I learned that was new but it was interesting just to hear things from your point of view like I remember you had a paragraph about how when you went back to school after daddy died you didn't want to be the kid who lost a parent because we all know that kid and, like, uh, I can name her right now I still I, th- I still feel sad for them to this day and how yeah you went out of your way to always be like happy and funny which eventually translated to annoying yeah but you'd rather be annoying than be the kid who lost a parent Yep, and I feel like I did the exact same thing oh really and I feel like when I think back on high school I I feel like annoyed by myself but it was because like I was trying to like not seem sad
1: 100% and I came to this realization because a few years ago you know Ben's friend um well he went to our high school but Ben knows him now they're really friendly Mike he was in your grade Mike Berg I've been hanging out with him like since I met Ben because they're friends we didn't really hang out in high school and he said something to me one night when we were drinking and like I don't even know if he knows that I remember it but he was like wow you're so much better now than you were in high school like you were so annoying and I'm like what? (laughs) I had no idea. He opened my mind and I'm like, I was annoying. I thought I was a delight. I thought everyone thought I was hysterical and such a good singer. And then (laughs) that's when the self-awareness kicked in. I'm like, oh no. Oh Oh, no, 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 no. And that's when I realized, I'm like, oh my God, every, all my efforts they were not successful but at no, least i wasn't a kid
2: say like you're so much better than you were in high school you, when were, you
1: were just crying <laughs> yeah. <about> your dad
3: <laughs> i can't i did feel the whole time like i wanted it to read like a novel that switched perspectives like oh i wonder what jackie's next right. chapter is gonna say about this exact same situation that's a good idea for the next book <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the sequel just keeps writing itself yes the cancellation from everyone's perspective
2: <laughs> oh that's good yeah for sure a trilogy you were just dissecting a sheep's brain? I was in lab,
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I school and I had a fucking sheep brain and the article dropped and I literally was like reading an article. Oh my God. I had a fucking sheep brain. <laughs> and with the girl next to her head, she said, are you okay? I was like, no. She's like, I got the brain going. Right. And
0: then I went home
4: and walked. Wow. So oh, no, uh,
0: everyone remembers where they were. Where were you? I was sitting at my desk and someone texted me, you should look online. Who was it? Sam Brinkle. Oh, okay. Oh, okay that was like yeah. someone being nasty. Um, like, no, 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 no. no. Okay. It was like we, we have to prepare.
2: Well, because yes. Jackie
3: was getting engaged that day. So right. was, like, everyone
0: was canceled.
2: communicating right. except for me. I guess I slept in that day because I saw it while I was getting ready. I saw it the second I woke up. Yeah, like, I woke up and I didn't immediately check my phone. I feel like I was brushing my teeth and just, like, scrolling. And I was like, bloop. Yeah. Jackie
3: was like, oh, has anyone said anything? And we're, like, waiting for her to get engaged overlooking the window. I'm like, nope, everyone's at work. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's
0: feeling fine. (laughs) It's all good over here. I also um, remember the next day sitting and waiting for the breath to go live. And, like... 10 yes. a 10 30 a.m oh. 10 31 and I was like I don't know if this is happening oh wow
2: that's crazy I didn't even think like no, I didn't know we think about were that. all
0: just like waiting on the live stream yeah
2: damn I feel like I've heard that from toasters too like they, oh. that they remember the next day like the toast just never the breath never came chilling. on again chilling. chilling it was
3: chilling I, I
2: never
0: I never no. even thought of that Dana and I were communicating the entire time it was like 10 30 10 31 10, and then we're like we don't know if it's happening because oh. sometimes you guys come on late right and like, we just yeah. didn't know and then we're like at like eleven AM, we're like. Um, I, don't I think, think it's, it's that. not. A, yeah, <laughs> my boss called. I'm like, not nah, now, Isabella!
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's such a crazy like perspective to think about. I never thought about that.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: Well, something that you write about in the book, which is not something that you've really ever spoken about, is your relationship with our mom. Mm-hmm. Was it hard for you to write about that relationship and be more public? Well, more public than not ever saying anything right. about that part of your life.
1: No, it wasn't hard to write it, but it's hard to digest like what people think about it because yeah. like I didn't have to think that hard when I wrote <laughs> what I it's what I felt. Yeah, I love my mom, and I'm sorry that bothers people. Like, and I'm sorry that I'm not going to talk shit about her. So writing it was not a difficult thing at all. Putting it out there was because it seems to be a. Uh, or a- an answer that people refuse to, to accept. accept. Yeah. And they're just going to keep hounding. And I just don't know how many other time, I mean, I've actually never really said it, but yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know how, a, how another way that I can say it, that people will, respect. I don't, even, I don't even need them to agree with it or understand it, but just respect my opinion.
2: Yeah. Or your, your decision. So
1: that's hard. Like, that's the thing. Because, you know, my quest for world universal love, it's a huge barrier. Yeah.
0: <laughs> huge. <laughs>
2: This reader would love to hear about your experience writing the book. Was it hard for you to put your story into writing? Did it come naturally? What was your writing schedule like? Someone else asked if you had any writing snacks that you liked. The book is so authentic and captivating. I'm curious to hear what it was like behind the scenes.
1: Wrote it from bed exclusively. Never wrote one single word on the couch or at the dining room table or at a desk. From bed. And um, I would talk and record myself and then transcribe.
2: Oh, interesting. Whoa. And I
1: think that's how... You
2: achieved your voice. Yes. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Did you have any writing snacks?
1: And in terms of snacks, you know, I'm, a, I'm the type of gal who snacks on literally anything she can get her hands on, so whatever was in my pantry that day.
2: <laughs> Pen- is there anything in the book that your publishers or editors advised you to remove, or is there anything you had originally included and that was cut out?
1: Uh, I had written about a friend of mine who had passed away a few years ago, and I don't know, I just didn't feel right about... I was I didn't feel right about... It's, like, not my story to tell. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like And her, her, I know her family really well, and they're, like, private, normal people, and I just felt weird putting it out there. Um, Like, with Daddy, like, that's my story to tell. Yeah. But I didn't... I just felt weird about it, you know?
2: That... I respect that decision, but it is crazy because it's such a big part of your life. Huge. Yeah.
1: And I, I don't really even ever talk about it again because it just doesn't feel... I feel like what I do is so public, and I, I know these people very well, and they're super private. So, like, I don't... And I would never, and then I, I would have, if I had included it, had a conversation with them and let them know. And I just didn't want that. I like, I respect their privacy and I respect them too much yeah. to bring them into like my shit show.
2: <laughs> yeah. What was the hardest part of the book for you to write? Daddy,
1: like hundred percent. Cause you know, I've been on and off starting therapy like for the last year and what I've surmised is that I um actually have not dealt with the Neither. with None of us yeah I've <laughs> not dealt with the death of our father um, whatsoever. And I used to think like because I wasn't sad all the time no, that it's like I, because it's been ten years. I killed it. Over. No, it's, <laughs> um, it's because what we all did was we suppress. Be, we didn't want to be sad so that
2: we were happy. Yeah. yeah. No, it never. Nothing came. Very it. very very. Whenever you, like someone just
4: you say the word dad, you just get oh. a
2: hundred percent. <laughs> a hundred percent. <laughs> so like. <laughs>
1: That was hard because I had to talk about it and think about it so much. Whereas, like, I think about Daddy like all the time, but it's like, miss you. Not going into like watching the Bratz movie and Mom coming in. Daddy's dead. Get in the car. Like,
4: that fucking. I'm so glad you put that fucking God. old woman.
1: Yes.
2: That bitch, I hated her. Did you, did you Do you remember? that? I remember it, but I don't remember her being so bitchy. Oh my she God. was. I
1: was so... like, it happens, and I literally was like. I was I I just
2: remember being like I hope
1: nobody sees us like (laughs) we're like a gaggling group of like crying women on the street girls girls girls. and I'm sure we looked like weird as fuck like I'm like if I run into anyone I know right now I'm done
2: (laughs) so I'll never be popular yeah
1: no literally I'm like if anyone from school sees I'm (laughs) through
2: stop what was your favorite part to write about on the other end of the spectrum
1: probably um childhood because i never really like i mean i don't think people do all the time but like i never like talk about my childhood and and, like we did have like a you know kind of classic upbringing for like some long island jews but there was this part of me that like and actually that was very painful because i'm like i i hated life like when i was a kid like i was so angry at everything and i'm like I so love the person I am now, and I wouldn't be here without Crazy Claudia. But I hated writing about it because, first of all, it's so embarrassing. Like, (laughs) you guys were there, like, you know, it was so crazy. Like, yeah. And I'm like, I always want people to think I'm like perfect and fabulous, and I actually was like so unwell. (laughs) <laughs> and that was really embarrassing. But the other childhood stuff was, like, fun. Because, like, it just gave... Stuff. Yeah, and it gives a huge sense of who we are.
2: And I... What's so crazy is, like, if you hadn't written about Crazy Claudia, I wouldn't have been, like, oh, where is she? Like, I've really forgotten about yeah. her. So you've really done a good job of eclipsing her. And I got a message
1: from someone today who... I've been reading every single message because they're so positive. <laughs> and this girl was, like, I feel so, like, validated. I literally... Had the same thing, and when I got my period, like it all stopped.
2: Wow! And
1: she was like, "It must have been some sort of like chemical hormone imbalance." I used to like scream at my family, like, "I hope you all die!" <laughs> and she was like, "Your book really like spoke to me," and I couldn't believe like someone else had the exact same experience, and it made me when when I read her say that, I heard her say that I'm like, "Oh my god, thank God, <laughs> someone else." Yeah, but it's so.
4: Did
1: well, not my period, but,
0: like, I, I was 13, When 14. you went to when middle we, when school. When we moved. Yeah. When you moved to the city, you said. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm that sure was eighth made, grade. I'm sure it made a lot of people, like, feel some comfort because, like, either their kids are like that. Yes. Or they were like that. And yes. they're like, wow, like, if she can grow up and become the successful. Or just, like, not angry. Yeah. But then you're also 10 million times more than the rest of <laughs> us. Stop. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So I think it's, I'm glad yeah. you included that. That
2: was definitely an interesting factoid. I'm right. sure for people who... Don't know you or didn't right. grow up with you. Claude used words like idyllic and lucrative to name a few, and she st- told stories in a way that felt fluid and digestible, but not childish. This is a reader who loved the book, but listens to you on the toast every day, and then like the, the voice of this. Right. Book. I talk
1: like an animal on the toast, yes. and an adult in the book.
2: And so, not to be shady, she mm-hmm, says, but fine. how did you perf- prepare for this? Did you read more? Did you use a thesaurus? Did all of this pour out from you because it's your life story and thus easier to articulate? Did you oh. ask any of your sisters or family for any specific help? Please don't be offended by this question I'm so used to being a fast talking queen on the toes but was pleasantly surprised to find the tone and pace of this book to be like that of a lifelong author
1: wow by the way not offended at all yeah and it's a great question because I did all of the above I mean I read Howard Stern's book that was the last book I read before I started writing the Howard Stern one was everything of the sort and I wanted it to be like that so much and Howard is so smart so I'm like okay I have to be smart I definitely use a thesaurus on many occasions. As one does. Thesaurus.com. The best
2: thesaurus on earth.
1: Because the dictionary app on the computer like, has thesaurus, but it's not great. I've oh, never, I use that one.
0: I've never even. You oh my do? God. I use it to this day I use it three minutes ago I use really? it obsessively I Uh-oh. love the thesaurus dictionary component yes no I love thesaurus.com me, me too it comes, like so like, janky
1: no, it's, everything. No, by the way, it's the most poorly built
0: website <laughs> yes, like, I ever. feel like my my computer gets a virus yes, when I go to thesaurus.com it's... Like 10 years yes,
2: yes. if it ain't broke don't fix Agreed. it Agree. keep on doing thesaurus. I have it bookmarked
1: <laughs> like it's the best website so yes I use, the, use it the, thesaurus a lot because I know like a bunch of big words but I use them so frequently like give this girl some new words. And yes, I talk to all the Steens frequently about um, mostly like fact checking. I'm like, yeah. what day did this happen? And uh, is this ha- how yeah. it went down? Yeah. Did I have a tendency to make things up? And it was helpful to have three people who were uh, able to refute my claims. Yes. So that was not a shady question. But thank you for noticing.
2: You're welcome. Given that Claudia talks about how she has now become friends with some of the celebrities she used, to talk, she used to be a fan of, how does she navigate that when talking about potential pop culture stories on air? Is there ever a conflict of what stories to share if you're friends with a celebrity? And if you ever feel like you must share the story even though it's about your celeb friend, do you find yourself holding back? How do you deal with this conflict? Yeah,
1: I mean, I definitely hold back. And now, and I've said this before, Like, I'm such a fan of so many people, and if you're my friend, like, I will defend you to the death. So it's like, what, it's the same as like talking about your regular friends. Um, but I definitely hold back, and it kind of sucks because like, it's like interfering with the work, but I, I do because I want to keep being friends with celebrities.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay, this next question is long, but it's full of just really great. It's really well-written, so I okay. just wanted to put the whole thing in. This book is talented, brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, spectacular, never the same, totally unique, completely not ever been done before. You get the idea. 100%. One thing that really hit home was when Claudia talked about how because of her weight, she feels the need to overcompensate in different areas, personality, makeup, etc. I am a 26-year-old who for years felt the need to make up for being a fat friend by being the most outgoing and fun friend in my group. In college, I would get so drunk at parties because I would rather be known as the party friend than the fat one. That's so true. I get so sad when I think about how insecure I was during this time Mm -hmm. my question for Claudia is how do you think society can better help girls like us who think we need to bring more to the table just to make up for the fact that we have love handles a fupa and an occasional double chin depending on the camera angle that's interesting I mean it's both like it's on
1: society but it's also on you like that that's like something you have to work out in therapy or like find within yourself I don't know how how society necessarily changes it but I just think it starts with like the way we see chubby women is like, I can't think of, well, in 2020, it's better, but I can't think of a ton of movies or TV shows where the main character is like a successful, funny, smart, chubby person. Chubby person is always the funny friend. And like we were just saying, like movies influence how we see the world. So Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, if you're the fat friend, then you have to be funny or you have to be crazy. Like Melissa McCarthy, you know, she's always like the crazy. And I just think like, Representation is important and young people are very impressionable. So it's like, can we just get a TV show with like a fabulous, successful, chubby person? I will happily star in it. Love I'm it. A Such a good or maybe- show. And that show was good actually in highlighting like how you can be a genius lawyer, but people will always see you as a chubby woman. Yeah. Whereas like you could be a skinny blonde who has nothing going for her and is what well, she was a terrible person, yeah. but she has everything in the world and, yeah. and people's respect. I agree. Love on that. Agreed. Yeah. Like, I feel pretty. That's why I, I'm not a huge Amy Schumer fan, but I, I know. Sorry, oh Dana. Oh, my God. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> but I loved that movie yeah. so we much. We need more movies like that. The message was incredible. I felt, I've never walked out of a movie felt like I could have r- written it.
2: Yeah. No, or like just inspired because it is so much about how the world sees people, but it's also how you see yourself. And yep. that movie just because by the beginning and the end of the movie, she looks the exact same. Yeah. Obviously. But the way that even the viewer sees her when she starts to act like she's yes. the most beautiful girl in the world, it's like, yay, you no, know, she's really pretty. Like yeah. confidence, you have no idea. Like if you don't like the way you look, like get confidence because you will literally become
1: more beautiful, like in an instant. Yeah.
3: Confidence.
2: Yeah. Confidence. <laughs> Okay, last reader question. I just finished Claudia's book and I fucking loved it. I've never read a book so quickly in my life. A question I have is about the crisis PR firm that Claudia hired. Okay. Obviously, they were very expensive and she didn't listen to their plan. Was there anything that they suggested she did do? Do you think they actually helped with the crisis? Do you regret hiring them? I found that factoid so interesting and never expected that a firm was advising you through, through the cancellation, even though I was a loyal follower then and now and mm-hmm. watch the whole thing unfold. Well, so they actually, they didn't advise.
1: I, I had to pay the retain and I never heard from them partially because I didn't agree with them but partially because honestly I was unhelpable. like you no amount of money and no publicist was going to help the shithole that I had gotten myself into (laughs) so yes technically I had someone on retainer but I wasn't advised by anyone I made all my own decisions and they had like a variety of opportunities um for the next few months that they were thinking about and I just it just didn't feel right. Like, I just, my gut was like, this is not right. And I just did what I thought was best. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I did not have, like, anyone advising me. Like, and I, there were people I called, like, friends in the industry, like, to get their advice. And that was really helpful. Or people who had been through something similar. Like I said, I spoke to Nicole Richie. Um, but,
2: no. Got it. Okay now it's time for a Kindle Highlights section where oh, fun. Um, I've asked everyone to highlight a passage or a quote that just stuck out to you. I read this book. Um, I read the hardcover so okay. I didn't get to use my Kindle highlights which I really struggled with. Was there any passage or moment or way that she described something that stuck out to you snitch or for those who read on Kindle do you have a quote?
0: I do. It's in regards to your cancellation. Okay. And you said the most fucked up part of the cancellation process is the rejoicing that occurs when the the angry mobs of Twitter trolls successfully cancel someone. There's a ceremonial dancing on their graves. A lot of people on Twitter live for public shaming. They can't wait to tear people down, often often forgetting that people, yes, even celebrities are human beings. Um, And that hit home because it's so true and so messed up. And I saw it unfold with my best friend. So Mm -hmm. I was like deeply messed up by it. And you see it all the time and i mean i just it you makes know, me sad that you went through that and i just love you and i'm so proud of you guys for coming back from thank it you. thank you
2: but i also feel like unless you've gone through it or unless you know someone who has who you know is a good person you feel like that that's what you're supposed to be doing. And like, this person deserves it. Yeah, and that you are making the world a better place by taking out this person.
1: Right, the thing is, it's like and I hate to even call them social justice warriors, which is what people refer to, you know, these cancelers as, because I don't feel like they're motivated at all by social justice. Because honestly, I'm a social justice warrior. I care about social justice issues. And I just don't think that people who like search through your old social media and like expose you making videos on Twitter, like, I don't think that those people are fighting for social justice. And I don't think that that's the goal. I think it's, comes from a really negative hateful place and that's
0: what the point about you said there are people who say bad things and do bad things right and that is such a fair point the fact that Chris Brown is still celebrated in our industry yeah
1: And, and you know I was literally talking to Olivia today and she told me something crazy um so I'm doing all this press and like whatever and me and Olivia were talking about this celebrity and she said did you know he was accused of rape twice and I'm like, what? I've, I know everything about every celebrity, and I went on Wikipedia, and it was there. And I'm like, what? But he has his own show. Like, it was so confusing. And I'm like, the the hypocrisy of cancel culture is not lost on me. Like, there's people who can get away with things, and and there's people who we hold to an impossible standard.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a double standard
1: of men versus women, or like, what? Do you I think don't it know. Is? Honestly and I said this in the book and I mean it, like cancellations are case by case. They are not one size fits all and it's like the result of a cancellation, you can't control it. Like some people are just untouchable and some people are not. But I
2: also think you make a really good point in the book is like the way that uh, the media treats traditional celebrities versus digital celebrities. It's like traditional celebrities have this layer of protection and it's like If an influencer said what Vanessa Hudgens said at the beginning of coronavirus, they would never work with a brand ever, ever and there would be like Instagram accounts dedicated to exposing them and all that. And she, within a week, a month, bounced back, hosting whatever. I I saw her hosting like a billboard type. Yeah, and by the way, I don't think she should have gotten any opportunities taken away from
1: her, but she made a mistake.
2: Right. Just the the scale of the punishment is so different.
1: When Vanessa Hudgens, no matter which influencer it is, is way more famous than an influencer. Even the most famous influencer.
0: Yes, I
3: agree. No, that's
1: an amazing point.
3: It is so case by case. I... Loved so many passages. I wrote Thank down you. a bunch of different notes. I really felt like you were winking at me when you described your gaucho pants as Duty Brown. Oh, 100%.
1: <laughs> I never, I wouldn't have never said duty Brown. I probably said duty Colored, you know? But yes. you put Judy Brown in Thank my brain. You. I primed
3: you. I loved when you said, I secretly hate Jackie. Oh, It was great. so funny. So it funny. was like Mean Girls-esque. Like, no, I'm totally kidding. Yeah, but Lit- she did get
1: hurt. <laughs> 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 yes, Dana, exactly.
3: But she did get hurt. <laughs> I love that you described your family as the Kardashians with college degrees. Thank you. Absolutely. Really I fucking was dying that Charlene pretended to move to Trinidad because you were such a torture. Oh, that is true. <laughs> that is a true story. That's insane. And that
1: was great to give some context. Like, I'm not being dramatic. Like, this yeah. is. I was really insane.
3: I was living for your emo music days. I too loved sec- Secondhand second Serenade. Oh my god. Do you know the song Vulnerable? Oh, I was. Up- <laughs> I know the
1: song Vulnerable? Of course. That was
3: my theme when I like thought I was an emo. A hundred percent. Like eyeliner me. on my waterline. Yes. Um, okay, but what resonated with me the most by far was when you described the possessiveness and the defensiveness that takes over you when you discover a celebrity that then later everybody gets on the bandwagon yeah. for. Yeah. For me, that's Amy Schumer and Drake. Like, oh, I fucking discovered both of them. You and did. now they're so famous. And, it, like, I'm not happy for them. And I'm you get pissed. no
1: recognition. Like, yeah, it's yeah. so... Fr- it's, a, it's a thankless job. Yes.
3: I feel like
2: Spotify actually is working on that. Yes! Because now they're doing this thing where if you're in, like, the first 1% of someone's listeners, like, you get presale access to tickets. And you get invited to, like... Private concerts. And I
3: actually think that that's like really nice. Yeah, yeah. I co- completely we be agree. acknowledged for all the A and R work we did yeah. for free.
0: Yeah, that's for me. That's Casey Musgraves. You mentioned the Fray, and that was me and the Fray. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, you mentioned I, them
0: a lot. No,
1: I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because that are you song. Okay? No, that's
2: what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> no, I feel like this book, like regardless of how people feel about you, like if you are someone who was born in the 90s and are into pop culture like there are so many references for every example that you give like you cite a real life reference that like or movie or experience where I just think for any pop culture junkie it's
0: crack yeah no I think that Say any crack again
2: <laughs> uh, I think that any any and every person who was
1: born in the 90s needs to buy the book I all of you all 30 million all of, you. of
0: my highlighted sections like I'm sorry I went like to like such a serious one but they no, all okay. are just lol lol no, same. lol and
2: when I read the book in June when we were giving you edits and, like, those were really my highlights. Like, I would just highlight something and write LOL so she could see that I Google laughed Doc, at it. Yeah. Um, So I actually wanted to go back and find the Google Doc to see what were some of the funniest things. Like, I think when you were talking about body image and you were, like, people always ask you, like, how are you so confident? And it's, like, no one asks Gigi Hadid how she maintains her confidence.
1: No, right. Yeah. And, by the way, I, and, and I couldn't identify why anytime I was, like, oh, my God, I'm, like, so jealous. Like, you have so much confidence. People just, like, noting my confidence. I couldn't help... I couldn't figure out why I was, like, slightly insulted anytime yeah. someone said that. So that's why writing a book is so helpful because you really think and you, like, you have a thought and then you trace you its origins. It yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, that, that is why. Like, why is it so brave of me to be confident? Like, I'm stunning.
2: <laughs> you know? No, totally. Okay, next up, we are going to do our moral of the story segment where everyone shares what they think is the moral of this story. Okay. So I'll go first. Uh, there's a number. I think one of them is be yourself, you know. Yep. Everyone else is taken. And I also think it's, people are human. Mm-hmm. Life is a roller coaster, you yeah. know? And just give everyone the time and space to grow. Yeah. And I think if you had to sum up the moral in a song, it would be, growing, we, we do it every day. We're growing in the evening. And even when we play, and, and we're, we're going, going. You guys not know that
0: song? Never in my life. Oh my oh God, Piquet. it's like a
2: childhood song. I've it's, never heard in my life. Because about like how we're always growing. Kids are growing. But now as adults, it's like an emotional song Growth, that we're always yeah. growing.
1: Oh. You should sing it to your future children.
0: Okay.
2: Snitch, <laughs> what is the moral of the story?
4: I think that it's don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> wow. Wow. Dear <Do> <laughs> snitch? Yes. Like,
1: Sandra, the cover is not an <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for saying
4: <laughs> that. Don't judge a book by its cover. Like, the things that people like, think about you and like, us are like so... Crazy. Wild. Like, it's a crazy thing. like, if only people knew that we're like truly the most normal humans, like, on Facebook. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 a great point,
0: Bex. My moral of the story is never take no for an answer. Yes,
3: that's the moral. That is it, Dana. You said two things that I think really hit on the moral. The first is when you said, "If you make fun of yourself first, you rob someone else of the power to make you feel bad." And I love that. It's just like humor is this universal thing that everybody should capitalize on Mm -hmm. because it'll make you feel better. And it's just, I to me, the power. Um, And the second was you talked about how one good byproduct of your trauma was that you now are a more sensitive, empathetic person. And I think that's a really nice side effect of a horrible experience. Yes.
1: I agree with all of you. I would say like the moral of the story is obviously like it's it's a redemption story, but it's also like a story of pride. Like I feel like for a while I was way too proud. Yeah. Way too proud to admit when I was wrong or admit that I made a mistake or like rebuild and... I just think, like, the, the, whole, the whole moral of the story is growth. And it's, like, it's okay. Like, you can think differently tomorrow. Totally.
2: Yeah, it's I agree. a joke. <laughs> 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 LOL. Okay, now it's time for the Hollywood treatment where we cast... Who we would want to play the main characters in a movie or TV show based on the book. So this is really fun because we're going to be casting Claudia, Jackie, Olivia, Margo, and Ben. Okay. We will start with Claudia. I'll go first. And
1: if any of you offend me, (laughs) I will never talk to you again.
2: Okay. I'm going first. For Claudia, I would do Haley Steinfeld. Oh, that's Ooh. very good. I feel like I feel like she could do it and also she is Jewish, she's around your right. age, and I feel like she could be like a quirky funny girl. I think yeah. she, she's a really great actress I, she and is. she has an amazing voice.
1: Yes, imperative. Love that. Okay.
4: Kim
1: Mendez. I was thinking that as well. Yeah. That works. She might need to gain a little
0: weight, but yeah. <laughs> Kim Kardashian. Agreed. 100%. 100%. Black China. I see it. I
2: see it. Yeah. What's yours? Um, Who would
0: you want to play
2: if this got ever picked up? Megan Fox. (laughs) Isn't she a little old for the role? No. She's very youthful. Okay. Next up for me, this was really fun to think about. I decided on Emma Roberts. Love. Because I think that, like, her sense of humor and comedic timing, like, I think she could really get my sense of humor. Yeah. And she's had red hair before, and it looks great on her, and she's, like, so beautiful, stunning, and smart. I love that. And stylish. And I just feel like she's so funny in the same way that I'm funny. Yeah. yeah.
4: Okay, on that same note, this one, she's a little bit older, but her comedic timing, like, she's so you. Like, Isla Fisher, but, like, her of shot
3: yeah. Okay, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Courtney Kardashian. <laughs> oh,
2: my
4: Whoa. God. Oh, that's
3: good. I like that. That's good. I did Isla Fisher, too, and I'm okay. so happy you went first because I was about to say Isla Fisher. Oh, oh God. God.
1: <laughs> also, I'm surprised nobody said Madeline Patch because it's, like, so obvious. 100%. Yeah. But mine, like, okay, I think
3: yeah.
1: you're going to like mine. Hmm. Becca Tobin. We've talked
2: about this, and I do like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. She also expressed interest. What? Michelle.
1: for me thank you oh my god a hundred percent it's decided totally. it's decided
2: hundred percent we both have that annoying high schooler energy And yes <laughs> and she's yes. Um, and she has a great voice right for me i also almost said serena carpenter just to trigger all of you yeah. but she's too young for the role. yeah olivia i, I honestly couldn't me neither I, know, but I was focused on who could get that like bitchy energy in yeah. check michelle trachtenberg
1: Oh, actually, you know what? I just came up with a good one. They don't look alike, but she had that perfect bitchy energy. That girl, Sadie from Awkward. Do you guys remember that TV show? Oh my God, yes! yes. And she was like, ER are welcome. I'm like, that was Olivia in high school? Molly
2: Tarla. That's, yes! Claudia, that is yes. so on Thank point. Thank you! That's the correct answer. Yeah, ding, ding, ding! <laughs> That's Molly
0: Tarlov. Yeah. Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's actually who I said to. Oh, Chloe? Wait, honestly, that's really good. Yeah. It works. Oh, my that's funny. Okay. So,
2: and then yeah. lastly, who would play Margot? I chose Madeline Klein. Me too. Oh, my God.
1: You look like her.
2: Yeah. She's okay.
1: stunning. And she has your
2: same energy of just like girl, cool, young like, and beautiful. Pretty. Oops, I'm pretty. Oops, my body's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay,
2: speak of body speaking of bodies being perfect, I chose Riley Reed. The fourth. Uh, people,
4: oh, people always tell Margot. <laughs>
2: So, but you casted Fair her as enough. you. Just as you, no. I she asked. has, but she has acting experience. So yes, <laughs> no,
4: the I actually chose Emma
2: Chamberlain. Yeah. Love it. Love. And then you also have to think about like the, these people together. So like Molly Tarlov, yes. Emma Chamberlain, Leah Michelle, and Emma Roberts.
0: That like works. Uh, Star-studded. What about That's, you? It doesn't oh. work as well as Kylie Jenner. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
3: god. Dana. I did Blake Lively. She's a little old. That just don't. Okay. Do you <laughs> ignore her? Oh. It's our strategy. Oh, I forgot. Right, right. We
1: ignore No, that's really good, Dana.
2: <laughs> Moving on. And then Ben. There's so many people who could play him. I did
0: Andy Sandberg. Cute. No, <laughs> Rogan. A little old. Oh, those are great. I yeah. mean, I did Kanye, but like not, right. you know? Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah no, stop. missed opportunity. Rob Kardashian. The brother. Honestly, that's good because yeah. like, boy, no job. Yeah. Everybody
1: Dead. <laughs> Who'd you do?
3: Um, I did Rob, and then I did James Corden, too. Oh, that's so interesting.
1: (laughs) Moving on. I did Jonah Hill. Yeah. (laughs) Glasses, <laughs> Jew. <laughs> they look exactly like. Yeah,
2: it's the same energy. Any yeah. of those people work. Okay, now it is time. That is a wrap on the recap. It's time for our overall Redheads rating where everyone shares out of five what they would rate this book.
1: Do, do honestly, like, don't everyone give me five stars.
2: Yeah, I, I always give whole numbers because that's how they rate on Goodread. And I truly, if I had read this book and I wasn't your sister, it's a five for me. Wow. Because it's everything that I look for in a celeb memoir. Like, you told me things I didn't already know about you. You came off, like, really self aware and funny. I laughed, I cried, and I understood. And that's really all you can hope for is a laugh, a cry, and an understanding yep. from your celeb memoir. Here, here, Snitch? So I don't normally like
4: memoirs. Like, I just don't like reading about other
1: people's
4: lives.
0: Fair. I'd
4: rather someone just like, make up a story that yeah. I buy to. And so for
0: that reason and that reason only is why it's 4.5. Okay. Okay, Snatcher. I- I'll take it. I would never give you anything less than a 5. I'm way too scared. Yeah. <laughs> However, yeah, I feel the exact same way as Jackie, that it had it all for me. And to pick up a book and be delighted and feel the emotions, but mostly just laugh and hear the voice of the author, it was special. And I feel like it hasn't happened for me in so long that it was so refreshing that it was like, yes, this is exactly what I need
3: right now. Thank you so much. I gave it a four, which is very high for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Four?
2: (laughs) Four is so close to 3.9. But But close to 4.1. That's like an 80 on a test.
3: four is good. I really loved the book, Claudia. I just have so, to keep it my relative list. with all Have my you needs. ever given a book a five? No, never.
1: What's the highest you've given
3: something? Probably your favorite book, A Little Life. What would you give oh, that? That would be a five. If, I ha- <laughs> like, no, no, if no, I'm no, going to give a Redheads five. five. Ooh. Ooh. And my favorite Redheads book was My Dark Vanessa, and I might have done like a
2: 4.5. Okay. Okay. Then I'll accept it. The overall Redheads rating for Girl With No Job, The Crazy Beautiful Life on Instagram, third sponsor by Claudia Ashray is a 4.625. <laughs> Woo! I think that's I, our highest rated. Well, it book. doesn't count because I'm sitting right Actually, here. Like, no. And, if let I let wasn't, me, our highest rated book was My Dark Vanessa. I think. I don't
0: think it was above four or five.
2: Let me. I have it in my I'm phone. Sure I did, like, not that <laughs> um. I it oh, never mind. The way that I rated. I don't. Never mind. We'll find it's out. It's our highest. I'll definitely. find out now. Definitely.
1: <laughs> definitely. Well, I appreciate you guys being nice to my face. And it was great to see you. We'll Thank you so much for joining this episode. Thank you so much for having me. What a fun. You guys do this all the time. Yeah. This Join is fun. Us. And then you have dinner. Yes. yes. That's like so fun. Yeah.
0: Come back anytime. We always invite
1: you. <laughs> no, I know. I sometimes come to the dinner.
0: <laughs> I don't miss dinners. Well, um, be a redhead whenever you feel like it. Done. This was fabulous. Thank you guys. This was
2: so much fun. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we have another episode dropping next week, our regular scheduled programming. The book is How to Fail at Flirting by Denise Williams. A lot of you are already reading it, having finished it and loving it. And I'm so excited to get into it. So that will drop the first Thursday of February. We will see you
0: then. You guys, I started it because, as you know, I'm a slow reader. Got to pace myself, and it's so good. So for oh, those oh, of I'm you, excited. for those of you listening, it's like it's such a nice compliment to this book. Like, if you love this book, you'll love How to Fill Out Flirting. It is so freaking good. Enjoy. Oh, I'm so excited. We will see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.